Hey everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals. Uh, today, um, we co- well, we cover, we, me and Sunny cover um, paper crafting, junk journaling, life of a crafter, and answering your crafty questions, and today is answering your crafty questions, so let's jump right on in. And Anne Maxwell asks, can you use pages that are very glossy and how? Um, Yes, you can absolutely use pages that are very glossy. Maybe you're thinking about glossy pages from a book or from a magazine, something like that. And glossy is just a style. If you like glossy, use glossy. If you want to knock down the gloss, you can use a matte gesso. Um, You can um, use a lot of things to knock down the shine if you would want a more vintage styled um, thing. I've got a video on how to make your own uh, clear gesso and uh, matte and basically it you add cornstarch to glue and a little bit of water and mix it up and that is going to give you the matting down of the picture it works pretty well um, but you are working with water so that's going to warp your paper a little bit until it dries and kind of evens out um, and you can once it's dry put it under something heavy to flatten it out if it's gotten wrinkly on you um, but it is a nice way to work with magazine pages or maybe you have a children's book that has some really pretty pictures but you don't like the shine and you can also lightly sand paper with a sanding block or sanding sponge and that will knock off a little bit of the finish and give you a little uh, softer look as well you can also take glossy paper and crumple it up really well and that will break the gloss seal on top a little bit and then when you 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 really got to really crunch it and um, then you can run over it with a little bit of like an ink pad or an ink dauber and and that will absorb the broken fibers be absorbed by the broken fibers and that will also help to mute down the gloss Um, just some fun ideas on how to do that but yeah um, yeah I went through a whole phase of how to get the gloss out and uh, so you're gonna find some related videos to that somewhere in the pile I'll try and think of some and maybe link them in a future video coming. Maybe we'll talk about that coming up. Um, who is this? Okay, why can't I see? I don't have my glasses on. Okay. Uh, Jackie Greger asks, you mentioned showing us how to make a pencil. Still interested. Um, to make a pencil. Oh, probably a pencil for the junk journal. Um, I do have a video on that already, but I probably was thinking of doing a new one, or maybe I did a pen and hadn't done a pencil yet. But I have some examples of how to decorate a pencil and so that you can still sharpen it and use it. And basically the gist of it is, if you're going to wrap a thin paper, like maybe a dictionary page or something like that, around your pencil... It's easy to stick that in a pencil sharpener and it will sharpen normally. If you get too bulky or too thick or, or don't and or you use fabric, it won't work. So if you want to have a functional pencil, the traditional type of, you know, graphite pencil that you would sharpen, then keep it very thin. Use very thin minimal glue. Don't put a lot of coatings on top or anything like that. But it can still be a very beautiful uh, pencil if you want, if your paper is so thin that the yellow shows through from a traditional yellow pencil. You can always paint your pencil white first and then wrap your paper around um, on an angle spiraling up kind of like a barber's pole and then just finish it off at the top. It's kind of fun to stick something in the eraser, put a little bead or a bobble or glue something on the end, a little um, tassel or a frilly or something, whatever you like, a button. Buttons are cute to put at the top. 
Um, but that is fun. We can do some more pencil fun. Let me write that down. Okay, I'm going to capture ideas thought of. Okay, Sunny, you're off the hook. You don't have to write it down. I've got my pad and paper right here, um, which is my little journey journal. That's how I really use journals as to do to do list. Like, what what do I need to do? Okay, so pencil idea videos. Okay, idea videos. Okay, there we go. Oh, and I gotta remember to heart these. Heart them. That way, I know I answered them, and you know. I Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I answered them. So if you, if you see a heart from me on YouTube beside your question, I likely answered it in a podcast. So there you go. Okay. Pam. Um, oh, this is, who is this? This is uh, Rise Ren- Rizzy Reynolds. Pam, I love all the fixes you do. The sealing of the beads is a wonderful idea. I have. She's referring to upside down junk journal page. I showed the completion of uh, how to you work with seed beads um, and put them in your junk journal without having to sew them all individually. I have micro tiny glass seed beads, and I am going to try that on my boho journal. I am starting. Do you know how much acetone to add to this bottle half full of Fabrifix that is going glop gloopy? I really don't want to throw it out yet. Oh yes. Okay. So this is. Um, a couple drops at a time, and sometimes it takes a while for you to figure it out because you you don't always have the same amount of Fabrifix glue in your bottle when you're trying to thin it. And I would say maybe get a dropper. That might be a good way to measure, and maybe try five drops to start. And it's kind of it's not an instant process. I mean, it takes a while for the acetone to dissolve the glue. Um, and then if it's not flowing enough then maybe try another five drops and slowly advance but it has to incorporate itself so you can shake it around a bit but you know you're probably looking at at least a 24-hour cycle before you're advancing because you can sit there and watch it like a boiling pot of what like waiting for your water to boil but it's gonna take you forever you might as well go do something else and then come back and then you'll start to figure out how much like I probably put in I was like, I started with one or two drops. It was a very slow process. I got bored. I probably put in way too much for my second splash in there. And then it got kind of runny. And um, I think I overshot the perfect amount. So I opted to not have that problem anymore. And the way I, I got around that was to prevent my glue from being exposed to air. And the way I got around that was to turn the glue bottle upside down so that air doesn't get in. And I really don't have that problem anymore. It doesn't volcano out. Well, it, it oozes out a little bit at the bottom. I keep it in a, um, a plastic water bottle that I cut in half. And um, I let a little bit of the glue ooze out at the bottom so it becomes its own little natural rubber stopper when I put my glue bottle in it. And then when I pull the glue bottle out to use it, it, I can feel it breaks a seal and um, then the glue is fresh and hopefully flowing. If any little air got in there, then the glue won't flow as easily. But um, it does seem to kind of skip that whole nightmare of the volcanoing glue that comes out of the top of the bottle when you hold, keep your Fabrifix upright. Um, and because of the big hole in the Fabrifix bottle, um, if you cut a, if you had, had created a big hole, then more air can get in and dry it out and make it um, goopy and thick and harder to work with. 
Um, but if you're gonna lose it glue anyway, you might as well give it a shot. I mean, it's already half dry. Just put some, I'd say, half a teaspoon to start and uh, just walk away for a few hours, come back, see if it's dissolving or, or you know, being incorporated into the whole body of the glue and go from there and see what happens. Um, if anybody else has tips or tricks, please put them in the comments because um, on YouTube because or here, I don't know, because um, we, we really would like to know. But yeah, I seem to not have that problem anymore now that the glue is stored upside down. Okay. And I know it's, it's not cheap glue, so we want to get the most uh, bang for our buck, right? Okay, so who is this? This is Ellen Taylor asks, looking forward to seeing Sonny's haircut. Oh yeah, he's going. He's uh, going to go tomorrow, so you should probably see it on Friday's video, I would say. Does he get excited after his haircut? Um, my Shih Tzu Peachy Keen raced around as much when I brought her home from the groomers. I also only got her groomed a couple of times a year after winter. We lived in Pennsylvania and during the summer for sure. Yeah, um, Sonny's a four time a year. He's a Maltese, so he grows his hair continuously. It doesn't stop. And um, it's really hot in Florida. So he needs, he, he's, I think, enjoys the shave down because he's not as, as warm. But um, it, I've started him going to the groomer very early as a young pup. And uh, so he would be used to the process because my other four, I had four Maltese at one time um, before this, and I hand scissor cut them all their whole lives. They lived to like eight, 16 through 19. So it was a lot of, a lot of scissor cutting. And I decided I'm not going to do that again. And I tried to take them to the groomer, but they were petrified and they came home so traumatized because they just weren't used to the, the, um, the clippers and that. And it would scare them. I tried clipping at home. They were petrified. <laughs> and uh, so it became, I, I said to myself, if I ever get another dog, they're going to the groomer right away. We're going to get used to it. It's going to be the same place, same people, you know. And now he comes back. He's fine. Like, he, he's just like, are we, are we ready to go home? I'm ready. Pick me up, you know. It's no big deal. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And um, um, so... Um, yeah, I mean, he's got, he's, he's gonna be little Mr. Shorty Pants probably next time you see him. Um, okay, so that's that one. Yeah, I think I answered the question. Um, Cherry Mellow says, hi Pam, I love your junk journals. Um, I keep missing the glue items you're using. You're missing the glue items that I'm using? Oh, that's so funny. Um, can you please post? Okay, the glue, my two favorite glues are Fabrifix, clear silicone glue, glues fabric to fabric, fabric to paper, and paper to paper. And then the other one is my glue stick, which is Scotch Create Permanent Glue Stick. That's the official name. It's by 3M. There's a lot of similar ones with similar names made by Scotch, but the one that I love is Scotch Create Glue Stick, Permanent Glue Stick, Multi-Purpose, Photo Safe, and it's by 3M, and I'm just, I'm very happy. I also occasionally use Amazon glue sticks. I tried them just for the heck of it, and I would say they're they're less expensive and they're fine, but they're not amazing. Okay, so they're totally fine, but not amazing um, to me. And um, yeah, those are the glues. Um, so, and I do transfer the Fabrifix into a Sugar Bells icing piping bottle for easier application. Uh, the walls of the icing bottle are very thin, very easy to squeeze, and the um, tip makes a nice fine line so I don't lose or use too much glue. So there we go. There's the tidbits on that. Um, 
Let's see, who is this? This is Marie, El, Il Marie and Fu. Okay. Uh, great video, Pam. Will those pics on the table be available in your shop? Love those pictures. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be selling the uh, tin types individually, I don't think. I've never really thought of that. Um, well, let me think on that. Okay, I'm, I'm putting this down on the... Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Idea list. Um, I'm just going to put cell tin types. Okay, a question mark. Okay, I just, I, that is to me a small collection and um, I don't know. I, I do put them in my journals when I sell them sometimes, not always, but sometimes. And I think I have given them away in a bundle kit before when I was selling some bundles of something. Some tin types went in that. Um, let me see. Let me, let me think on that. Um, they are interesting and they're, they're very unique pictures I will give you that I love I love them um couldn't you oh memento somebody had a question about the memento mori the uh, post-mortem photos from the Victorian era that were quite common couldn't you tell by the dilation of the pupil um sometimes yes and sometimes no I mean that would be a good indicator a lot of these photos are not that sharp or clear that you could see that and sometimes the photo is painted after death where they take a picture of the dead person with that cl eyes closed and then they paint on the eye so it, the pupil size might be however the artist painted it so you might not even be looking at a real eye um that's kind of you know but that's a good point because you're right pupil dilation will be a, a thing now if i remember correctly don't quote me on this but i believe there's muscles that open the pupil and constrict the pupil and then when you die your pupils are probably mid-size it's like when you die you don't die generally with your eyes closed or your eyes wide open your eyes are half open because that's the relaxed state of the muscles that are um, op in opposition of each other some muscles pull the eye open and the other muscles contract the eye to close the lid but when you die all that disappears and the eyes stay half open that's the natural look of a dead person's eyes there we go well fun factoid for this morning okay um this is christina croissant oh i love your name christina croissant asks have you seen the hidden mother photography bit bit lighter subject matter but an interesting victorian genre um but i think sometimes the children had passed away the hidden mother photography i don't even know what that is i'll look it up hidden mother so you guys bring interesting things to the table photography in the in the i love everything victorian in victorian era see i'm all, i love to learn new things that's that's the fun of getting into all this stuff all the old photos all the old letters diaries um you know receipts postcards checks you know you've heard me say that but it's all little snippets of somebody's life which is fascinating to me it's like looking back in time um artfully amma 
asks, very intriguing. Oh, this is about Memento Mori. I am not squeamish about death or funerals and this type of historic photos. The photos are interesting. What was your medical? Oh, I think I answered this the other day. So I'm in a section that apparently I did not heart. Bad crafter. Okay, I'm going to go advance a little bit down to some questions we didn't get to. But okay, I have the purple. Okay, uh, Margaret Connor asks, is there some way to assure you are in frame? Also a suggestion, try using your weeding tools for things like adding to beads. My weeding tools? W-E-E-D-I-N-G? My beading tools, maybe? Not sure. Uh, love your videos. Um, I try to watch others as you suggest, but I would rather watch another of yours. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, <laughs> okay, but there are other really good people that are worth watching out there. So yeah, make make a point of watching others because we all approach it a little bit differently and you're going to learn a little different thing from everybody. We all have little, you know, tips and tricks and that the other person never thought of or wasn't exposed to. So it's, it's good use of your time. Um, beading tools, maybe? Yeah, beading tools can be handy in the world of beads. I, I think I was fumbling around with um, seed beads, chasing them across the table. I was using some tweezers. I have a few beading. I have a bunch of beading tool tools. <laughs> um, I just need to pull them out. I'm a lazy crafter. So lazy. Um, sweet thingies said, I thought the purple number eight ticket was fabric fix and the Mod Podge was on the people's hats. Okay, so she was, maybe I mixed it up, which, you know what, they all came out looking the same. So in the end, in the wash, in the end, the way everything came out, I was uh, adhering some glossy, uh, some seed beads to an altered, um, an altered paper clip loosely, just with glue, just put a little basement of Fabrifix glue down and then I added glossy accents to the top of one triple thick to the top of another and then mod podge to the top of the third and honestly i can't tell the difference um so whatever you have on deck you might have the supplies already at home that's kind of cool and um let's see um did i oh somebody's asking do i did i miss who won the vintage paper okay if you find that there was one <clears throat> yes in my my amazing video ability when I was doing my junk journal craft chat I forgot to announce the winner so I put in a second little video that said here's the winner so it is there just look for it it looks the same but it just is like um, it, it actually came out the same day like a couple seconds later so it is there and the winner was announced so feel free to check it out and um, Cherry Hadley asks hi Pam I had a question I am making a Halloween journal um, out of an altered book. Actually, I put the, the name of the winner in the first video's description down below because I knew this would cause some confusion. So it is there written if you want to go just back and do, look in the drop-down description box. It is there. I don't normally do that. Um, so this is an exception because I made a mistake. <laughs> it happens um, a lot. Okay. Um... Cherry Hadley asks, Hi Pam, I have a question. I am making a Halloween journal out of an altered book. I'm about halfway through. It is getting so thick. Uh, what can I do to help with this issue? Is there such a thing as too full? Um, I'm new to this, so it's not sure how thick it should be. Okay, so uh, just a couple background things. 
um, if you're going to make an altered book, which basically means you leave some of the pages intact in the book, you don't gut the entire book, you maybe gut every third page or every fifth page, or you maybe remove, you keep a page and then you remove five pages and keep a page and remove five pages. You've got to debulk the book in order to put more stuff into the book to decorate on those pages. And it's kind of a, a toss between... I would say everybody try it and see if you enjoy the process. Um, I'm not quite sure it's any faster than actually removing the entire uh, text block out of the book and then in sewing in new signatures because that part doesn't really take that long. It's the decorating of the pages that takes more time. How fat or what is there such a thing as too full? That all depends who you ask. If you ask me, there's no such thing. Um, I like to make super chunky monkey books and they're bursting open where they can't even be closed at all. I've, I've made quite a few like that and I enjoy that because I love putting all sorts of fun stuff in there. But in the beginning, I made books that looked like regular books. They were not fat. They they sat on a shelf like a normal book. You could put them in a library of books in your, in your, in your study and... Um, uh, that type of thing. So it's totally up to you. There are junk journal makers who have hard and fast rules of what things should be, what things shouldn't be. I, I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm like, listen, if it makes you happy, make it. If you want to stuff it till the cows come home, stuff it. If you want to have it look like a regular book, be that way. Um, if you want to just have a writing journal where it's only plain paper inside, um, that's totally fine too. So do what makes your heart sing. That's the best thing I can say. I still have fabric packs available. So, um, if you are interested in those, um, those are, and there's a triple bonus associated with the fabric pack. Um, there is a very special, um, what is that? I have to read it now. <laughs> I forgot what the bonus is. I know that there's a vintage mag or uh, newspaper ads and there is, um, um, also, I just have to get one of my videos here. Get to one of your videos, Pam. Um, postage stamps, vintage postage stamps, and the, the, there is an authentic handwritten letter from the late 1800s to early 1900s, approximately 125 years old, included with every fabric, fabric pack package so if you're interested in that there is a limited supply we are let me see how many we have oh those are other i would say i probably got maybe maybe 30 maybe no maybe like 25 left i think i have 25 left so there you go um we go from here and they're in my etsy shop they are available um all is well here at the Paper Outpost. Oh, you get 40 plus pieces and free priority shipping is also included with that. And um, you just, you can go to www.thepaperoutpost.com and that will take you straight to my Etsy shop, only my stuff. You'll see the fabric packs for sale there. So take care, everybody. I hope you're having an awesome day and we will connect next time on the Paper Outpost podcast. Be well. <laughs>